Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 4, a podcast in God's voice telling His side of your story. After he's completed his first Passover of the new era, Joshua has his final Echo of Moses experience. Before he makes the next move, I want Joshua to be certain all the way down in the marrow of his toe bones that I am with him with all my might and strength. And so, as he surveys Jericho from a distance, Joshua is met with a warrior, sword drawn and at the ready, whom he's never seen before. When Joshua asks the warrior if he's an Israelite or a Jerichonian, the warrior says, Neither, but as commander of the army of Yahweh I have now come. To which Joshua responds by dropping to the ground in worship, and then further quite rightly responds by asking, What would you like me to do, Lord? Now, before we answer Joshua's question for him and for you, it's time to have a little chat about an aspect to our work this warrior raises that we've not exactly been ignoring, but haven't really examined yet. Angels. Since Joshua's conversation with this self-described commander of my army is a major preamble to what's about to happen in Jericho, we are compelled to pause and take a closer look at these beings. You might want to make a cup of tea before we dive in. To start with, your word angel is taken from the Greek angelos, a translation of Hebrews malach, both simply meaning messenger, without any supernatural strings or wings attached to them. The supernatural association with the plain word develops because, yes, I do in fact utilize a staff of messengers from my side of the veil when I interact with humans. Remember my relatively recent interaction with Moses, allowing him to only see my retreating back in order that he survive the encounter. We need a go-between with humans, whether the matter at hand is my overpowering awesomeness or the gulf between you and I set by your sin. The owner's manual doesn't have a lengthy exposition in any one place concerning these beings. They are simply mentioned as part of the narrative without explanation, representing me in conversation with humans, as with Hagar in Genesis 16, and Abraham two chapters later. That instance in Genesis 18 includes what is a frequent practice in Tom's earlier accounts of referring interchangeably to me and to my angel messenger at the time. Genesis 18.1 says that Yahweh appeared to Abraham near the great trees. He looked up and saw three men standing nearby. I am synonymous with those men as the account continues. This occurs similarly with Moses in Exodus 3.2. There the angel of Yahweh appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And then verse 4 refers directly to me instead. When Yahweh saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him. Well, yes, I did call to him. And at this point, this may raise more questions than answers for you. 
So let us take a step back and provide a broader outline within which to set the context for these and future references to our mysterious messenger beings. We must go back to the beginning, then, and thus before yours, as a race this time. Our plan to create someone we could love would have three faces. First, resonating with spirit, we would create beings in what you call the spiritual realm or dimension. Second, linked to flesh and its solid nature, we would create life on the physical plane. This includes you in this very moment. And finally, we would come to my ultimate goal and bring the first and second together as one, in full reality reflecting both spirit and flesh, so that in the end we would all be together, angels, humans, and us, all in one place, finally face to face for the rest of time and then some. And so with phase one, we started by creating spiritual beings, the angels. And so, with phase one, we started by creating spiritual beings. The angels we just mentioned. A whole slew of them. Okay, I know I lost a few of you there. You're far too evolved and empirical to buy into the angel thing, right? I can appreciate that, since half of what you've probably heard about angels is a load of fiction. Do us all a favor for now, and come along for the ride on the way. Besides, it ultimately doesn't matter whether you believe that angels exist. Angels aren't going to save your behind. I am. Back to phase one, then. Once again, I am going to intentionally anthropomorphize and refer to myself as the Great King. Emperor of all the universe, seen and unseen. In order to run the great kingdom I have in mind, I first need some right-hand beings with which to run it. Prime ministers and secretaries of state, chancellors and chiefs of staff, you could say, depending on your habitat's governing style. Generals, colonels, lieutenants, angels. They're going to dot our narrative as we go along, always on a mission for me in one way or another, working individually, as small teams, or as full armies as just casually mentioned in Joshua. More on those in a moment. We make more than one kind of angel, as variety lies at our very essence. However, I will say that we don't really play the variety card until we get to the physical in Phase 2. Angels are spiritual beings, though I have empowered a few of them to articulate in the physical dimension. Now, over the years, your idea of an angel has ranged pretty far away from the real thing, so you'd better brace yourself. Not to burst your bubble, but many angels don't have wings. Note that in Genesis 18, 1 and 2, when Abraham looks up from his tent to see me articulated as my three messengers, they look like three men to him. None of the angels are floating around on clouds, plucking harps and sporting halos. I assure you this does not lessen their magnificence. On the contrary, they are more than astounding, if I do say so myself, 
but just like your own awesomeness, theirs is derived from mine and given them by me. However, they have not existed forever like me. They are future eternal, as in their eternal selves cannot be brought to an end, unless I end them myself, but they are not past eternal. They have a definite beginning, the point at which I made them. They are all created beings, just like you. I made them all pretty much at the same time, from your point of view, once again a very long time ago, long before the physical dimension had its genesis. So the ramifications of those statements may be rocking some of your worlds out there if you've let them sink in. And there's more. I'm sorry to break this to you, but you're not going to become an angel someday, no matter how good you think you are or may in fact be. I'm a big fan of Mother Teresa, but even she's not an angel, nor is she going to be when we get to phase three. Angels are a different class of being altogether from humans. They don't get to be human. Believe it or not, a lot of them are jealous of you, and you don't get to sprout wings on the other side. Besides, like I said, many, even most angels are wingless anyhow. No, angels are not upgraded dead humans. Don't worry, I've still got your great-grandma here with me, and she's doing just fine without any wings. But there are some pretty important similarities between you and any angel out there. You are both limited by time and space. An angel can't be more places than one at a time. I'm the only one who belongs in the omnipresent category. They also do not travel back and forth in time, but are just as limited to now in that regard as you are. Another similarity is that, and this is very big, so pay attention. No, you, pay attention. There you go. As an expression of my love for you humans and my love for the angels, I have given both of you the gift of freedom to choose. I don't force any of you to do anything you don't choose to do, a recurrent theme throughout our time together for reasons that should become more and more obvious. Angels are also limited in knowing. They don't know everything. They know a lot, but they are restricted to what they can personally learn and discern, just like you. While they have been around a long time and do know a great deal, once again, I am the only real omniscient know-it-all on the block. And the last omni, as in omnipotent, also belongs to me alone, as in the strength of every angel is also limited. Just like humans, some of the angels are stronger than others, but none of them have all power like me. Every angel has these limitations, no matter what path they may have chosen. And yes, we'll have to come back to that. Even with these limits, most angels are a spectacular manifestation of my tremendous power. First and foremost, angels are warriors, immortal and mighty. They are numbered in tens of thousands multiplied by tens of thousands resulting in a minimum of 10 million of them. You've heard them referred to as the heavenly hosts, 
A good number of you think of the heavenly host as a big angel choir, and while they do praise me beautifully in song, they are not so much a choir as a military force. Try to think of their singing more along the lines of, I don't know, but I've been told, followed by a line that usually ends in the word gold. They're an army, not a choir. Hosts refers to warriors, not choristers. In fact, my special forces angels are so great a demonstration of my strength that I call myself the Lord of Hosts, Yahweh Sabaoth, some 250 times in the owner's manual. Angels see me face to face, full access. I rub off easily on them, so when they step from my presence to earth on a mission, they're pretty scary to look at. Moses has the same problem after being with me on the mountain, so he wears a scarf over his face until his face dims down a bit. Otherwise, the people are too freaked out to listen to what he has to say. This whole glory transfer takes humans by frightening surprise every time, so much so that practically every angel I send on a mission to humans is always instructed to begin with these four words. Do not be afraid. Now, over the years, I've been sketchy with my details about angels with you all on purpose. Yes, they are really cool. I, I made them, didn't I? But I don't want you obsessing about them or following them or worshiping them. They don't either. Well, most of them don't either. At this point, they're supposed to be helping you and pointing you to me. Now, I made a few different flavors of angel, and we're going to wait until next time to explore those differences. In the meantime, keep an ear out. Keep an eye out. My messengers may be right beside you right now. Friend, you don't even realize how many of my messengers you've already come across. They are right there with you, on the way. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. We've got a lot of wonderful ground to cover in future episodes. If you'd like to support what we do, share this with your friends. There's a link to the first episode right under today's podcast on our website, 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out the number. And feel free to give us a review on iTunes or on Facebook. 15 Minutes on the Way is sponsored by the Oak Haven Church in the Barn in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oleksandr Zadoyani writes our theme music at smartmediamusic.com. Kenny Eicher designs our website art, kennyeicherart.com. We hope today's podcast has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And until next time, be good to yourself.